Hi, you're listening to Boggy Talk, Faith Conversations in the Mud, a resource of Church on Bayshore. Hey, welcome to Boggy Talk. Uh, It is November. Wow. Wow. How did this happen? I know how it happened. Time marches on. Time marches on. Uh, And it is the day after Halloween, which um, teachers in schools Mm -hmm. across the United States Mm -hmm. love this day because kids have been up late, they are on sugar highs, and they sneak all their candy to school. And uh, yeah, it's just a terrible day for them. But um, not a terrible day for us. How are you doing, man? It's not a terrible day for us, mainly because we pre-recorded Boggy Talk, (laughs) knowing that November 1st would (laughs) Would be be a terrible day. Too. Yes. Oh man, I just I took a picture of one of our kids, uh, Ezra, last year after you know before trick or treating in his costume, and then at home with when he poured his candy out and his this huge smile, and then after like five pieces of candy, he's like, Rrr. and then I took a picture of him at the moment I told him no more candy, and it seriously was like the progression of Gizmo to the Gremlin. It's like, <laughs> yes. oh, he's so cute. To, oh That's my goodness, this, he oh, is a Gremlin goodness. right now. Oh my goodness, uh, and I love him with all my heart. Just, and all of you, all you yeah, parents yeah. out there, can laugh because you experience you the same thing with yeah. candy. Yeah, yeah, Halloween. <laughs> October, November I, uh, rolls on. Yeah, in my mind, it's always going to be. It is fun because we, you know, walk around with friends in our neighborhood. It's a great opportunity to meet people. But I'm always, and it's always exciting. And then after, I'm just like, man, let's, I'm just ready for bed. I'm done. So, I know it's really not that late either. It's just, it's just. I don't know. And uh, yeah. yeah, and and sugar. I just yawn. Yeah, yeah, I'm so <laughs> tired. Tired, but, but uh, yeah. So uh, hey, we are kicking off the month of November uh, here on Boggy Talk, and today we are talking about this uh, hot topic, this question, which is really a follow up to a the- second pastor appreciation month. Oh yeah, we, part two. Yeah, yeah. No, just kidding. <laughs> hey, isn't it cool? I, I'm thankful for our church yeah, and the way sweet. they show appreciation. Yeah. Which is very humbling. We appreciate them. You know, but, yeah, we do. Have we a, appreciate we, you. Yeah. You, Boggy Talk Nation. Boggy Talk Nation. All right. Make the t-shirts. That's right. Um, But today, uh, we are really following up on sermon from this past Sunday, What is Truth? Uh, And just what is truth? Answering this question, really what we're getting at uh, is... In our culture right now, uh, which this isn't necessarily a new problem, but it is certainly, I believe, amplified in our culture right now, uh, the streams of relativism, mm. uh, which is, uh, we're going to define that in just a moment. But what Streams or mighty river of relativism? Uh, I would say it was streams, and now it okay. really is a mighty river okay. of relativism. Okay. Um, that, Could we say it's waterfalls and the moral of today be don't go chasing don't go waterfalls? Chasing wa- yes, please stick to the rivers and... The lakes, lakes that you're I used was like to. streams, no, rivers lakes and lakes that you're used don't to. Don't go chase. All right, so <laughs> yeah, so let's dive in. Uh, first of all, let's define just for everyone's on the same page. What is relativism? So I'll give you the nerdy definition from Nerd Stanford alert. University. Relativism, roughly put, is the view that truth and falsity, right and wrong, standards of reasoning and procedures of justification are products of differing conventions and frameworks of assessment and that their authority is confined to the context giving rise to them. That's the nerdy definition. <laughs> that is so many. I had to of, read that. And you mentioned that in your sermon. And I had to like read that three different times just to make sure I was catching all the words because there's lots of commas in that definition. I just wanted people to know I'm smart. That's right. Because you read smart yeah, That's things. my goal. Well, I wanted people to walk away. break it down for away. those of you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so basically relativism is this, that all truth. So we were at Stanford University. <laughs> now we're going to uh, Barry College. That's, oh, that's pretty that's, nice. Yeah, that's pretty know, nice. Go. I went to the Baptist College of Florida. Yeah, so, you so, know, this is the Baptist College of Florida definition. Yeah. So basically what we're saying is all truth 
relativism, not what we're saying. Relativism says all truth is specific to culture and time. Basically, truth is different depending on when and where you are. Not just, uh, you know, in what what decade, what century, but also what location you're in. So there's two factors really in relativism, uh, location and time. Yeah. And really, uh, what it says is, how we see this in our culture now is my truth is this, your truth, my truth. is that. Ooh, my truth. Let me speak ooh. my truth. That's my truth. That um, might be true for you. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And you may you may mm. see that as true, but mm. what I see is true. Mm. And uh, really, we we want to talk about today is is let's unpack this a little bit. Uh, how does relativism ultimately break down, and what is the remedy? How do you engage uh, with people who really, I would say, culturally, we are uh, at a point where most people are relative relativists yeah. in many ways. Well, let's start with the fact that some things are relative. Yes. <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> like so, my relatives. Yeah. Re- well, <laughs> relativism isn't all bad. There are some truths, if you want to use that, that are relative. There are truths of what it means to be a good husband for you mm-hmm. that are not nef- necessarily the same truth for me because our wives are different. Right. right. And so um, I think, you know, to just think there, you, your way of doing things is always right mm-hmm. is a problem. Right. And I do think that some of what we see as relativism in our culture and even what's infiltrated the Christian culture is a reaction to people who have a very narrow way of thinking. That's a great way to put it, because I think probably some things that are relative in the past maybe haven't been treated as relative. Like this is the way to do this, where we're really, that's more of a pragmatic uh, thing. Like there are things that are relative. I was talking- Music style. Music style, that's relative. What do you like? And I think like, you know, in my own home, the way that I parent, uh, we have, you have six kids, we have six kids. I parent them differently because each of them is different. For clarity, for those who are new, he was saying, I have have six kids and he, not we we together. have six kids. (laughs) But, um, you know, I parent them differently because they're going to respond differently. So what what may be the consequence for this or what may encourage one child is not going to work for the other. That doesn't change the rule. That doesn't change the expectation. Uh, And so there are some, there are some pragmatic things that are relative. Um, You know, I think of personality styles, personality, those, those things are all relative. How even just, uh, you know, introvert, extrovert, how we receive rest, what we need to be rested. My wife and I, are very different in how we receive rest and how we need to rest. Uh, and that's okay. Right. Um, that's relative. But what isn't relative mm. is the fact that we are commanded in scripture to rest. That's good. You that's know, good. and yeah. so that we have to figure out what that looks like. So when we apply relativism to truth, though, things that should not be relative, yeah. uh, you know. Well, I think the word ahead. you're looking for is absolute truth. Yes, absolute truth. Yeah. Yes. Well, well we have words. Sorry, I said word. That's two words. Word. Ab- well, it's not it, one it's word. compound. Absolute it's, truth. It, you know, absolute truth. <laughs> um, what we have to recognize first is that to be, to subscribe to relativism as truth basically forces relativism to contradict itself. Right, yeah. Because then that is a universal statement that all truth is relative is the universal statement. So really, relativism relativism caves in on itself. Right, right. Yeah, and I think uh, the big er- area there would be historically, when you're looking at things historically, you know, however the world was formed is absolute truth. Now, we don't know, like, beyond a shadow of a doubt, all of it, you know what I mean? But, right. But- there is a truth to it, you know, and, <clears throat> you know, certain, certain things about, Hey, if we do this, it'll result in this, like those are principles that are true. And, um, 
I think so. There are some that like we know, like we see very clearly, and there are some that they are absolute truths. We just don't have enough revelation or knowledge to understand what is true. Yet we've got to. F- part of that might be something we've got to figure out. You know what I mean? So, um, like. I 100% just smacked you on the shoulder. He like, did. That is true. It is true. Now, we could twist versions of that. The farther we James get... James rem- abused me the, on Poggy no, Talk. See, here we go. We're already go. twisting it. We're already <laughs> twisting right. it. So the farther we get you know, from what just happened and the more people whose opinions get involved, the more what actually happened might be cloudy, but it doesn't change what actually happened. That is a great point because... There is a truth, right? There is truth. So let's talk about that. Uh, what would you say to someone who says, you know, well, there isn't really absolute truth. I mean, how do we know there's not, how do we know what absolute truth even is? Yeah, I would just, I would, I mean, something like that, very simple, you know, that's a very illogical statement you just made to say there yes. is no absolute truth. So, and you don't believe that no one, no one is a full relativist. I mean, and, and that, that's what I would say. I think the bigger, the bigger divide is what is absolute truth and what is not absolute truth. There are people who, who a very small segment of the world that don't think there is any absolute truth. But I think once you really get into, you know, uh, that discussion, it doesn't take long to get them there, in my opinion, right. if they're willing to have, you know, a meaning, meaningful dialogue about it. But I think it comes to how do we know, um, you know, s- certain aspects, specifically regarding religion, regarding morality, those kind of things. And, and ultimately, you know, there's, we've got to trust in someone uh, who who knows uh, those things and has revealed those things to us. And so that is what scripture is. Scripture mm-hmm. is uh, the revelation of God. It's absolute truth. It's, it's, uh, I know there's some things in the Bible that actually the application of it is relative, you know, in terms of, you know, drinking alcohol in terms of um, celebrating feast, you know, those kind of things. I mean, it, the absolute truth is that it is relative how you approach that. But I think the realization that um, there is, an absolute truth about marriage and morality and those kind of things. I think, I think that's a, that's, that's the journey you have to take people on to see uh, the evidence that this can be historically reliable and then the testing of it to see if it is indeed true. That's good. I think what you were saying, uh, an illustration of that is if, uh, you know, it says, I don't believe in absolute truth. And then you just reached out and snatched their wallet out of your hands. Well, this is mine now. And they would say, well, no, it's not. It's mine. Yeah. Well, how do you know it's yours? How do you know that it's wrong for me to take from you? Right. Well, it just is. It's just wrong. And yeah. well, that's a pretty universal wrong, right? <laughs> you know, yeah. like there's not a culture where it's not wrong to take something. How yeah. do you know? You can't know that unless unless there is a truth that is universal. Right. And I think that's what we want to help people see is that there are things that are universally true right. no matter what. That, that I, say, I use the example on Sunday of the, you go to the bank teller and say, hey, I want the $100, you know, the $100 that's in my account. And they were like, well, it may be true for you that there's $100 in your account, but it's not true for me. So <laughs> I'm not giving it to you. You know, like you, nobody believes that. Yeah, you don't. Yeah, exactly. It, it does have a breakdown. And so I think what we want to talk about now is, so how do we really... Um, how do we really engage with people uh, who uh, are relativists? And I right. think first we have to recognize that there is a difference in accepting that people have different views right. and accepting those views as true. Yeah. So you can disagree with someone about their true, about what they've perceived as true. Yeah. Uh, 
and but not, but still respect the fact that they see it differently. And right. I think this is where yeah, good. Christians often uh, just we we miss the mark because yeah. we just we just say, well that's stupid you're dumb uh, you know and it's like we well, no, you respect the fact you're that, a fool <laughs> respect the fact I that they have the a fool. different view and engage that ask questions point back to you know hey these examples we're giving just how explain to me how you arrived at that co- conclusion yeah. well I th- and I think the recognition that everyone is a believer and I think that's important for a Christian today is because we're often portrayed at by secularists as believers and they're the ones who aren't believers, Mm. but you know, we don't No one who's ever walked the face of the earth knows enough about what absolute truth is just on their own to not have some kind of belief, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, So we're all operating on some systems of belief. And so once you get them to understand that, um, you know, how did you come up with that idea of what marriage should be? How did you come up with that idea? You know, you're believing something, you know, it, it, it just came from my heart. And so is what some people say. That's not true. But what I will say is if they say it just came from a heart, then that's when you go direct for that. Mm-hmm. And a quote I, I like by C.S. Lewis, he says this, that there are two points I want to make. First, that human beings all over the earth have this curious idea that they ought to behave in a certain way and cannot really get rid of it. Secondly, that they do not, in fact, behave in that way. Mm. And I think like, that's where the appeal to the gospel uh, and Christianity becomes, okay, if you're following your heart, I think you recognize that is true. Like, Mm -hmm. and so what do you do with that? You know what I mean? Like the fact that you're not who you say you should be. Right. I think relativism ultimately points back to the fact that we just, in our core, are sinful and want to do whatever we want to do. That's good. You know, it's like, I want to do whatever I want to do. And I also want to be validated in that. So right. if I if I say there is no truth and whatever yeah. I feel is true, right. then I can do whatever I want to. But that's not gonna, you know, that's not gonna stand up in court, right. uh, and it's certainly not gonna stand you know, before the Lord. Um, and ultimately, you know, basically, if if you're relative, if you're a relativist, then you can't make any type of universal moral statement. Right. And I think that's the ultimate breakdown because I think everyone will agree that there are certain moral truths and certain uh, things that are immoral. Uh, and if you're a relativist, you can't claim any of those. Right. Um, and there is, you know, we we say this, uh, that truth is, is not just this concept, but is a, yeah, person. a person. Truth is Jesus Christ. Yeah. He says, I am the way, the truth, and right. the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Um, and if you're a Christian, you know, you know the truth. You have the truth. Jesus right. Christ is the truth. And, you know, John chapter 10, he talks about my sheep hear my voice. Uh, you know, like we hear the voice of truth and we follow that voice of truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think that's something that's very important for us to understand is, again, we can't know absolute all the absolute truth on our own. And so God's revealing it to us. And the clearest revelation of that is in Christ. And so we really try to get people who are searching for truth to go and look and see who Jesus is. I, I think the obstacle is typically not who Jesus is, but the reliability of uh, what we know about Jesus and the reliability of the Bible. You know, mm-hmm. people say the Bible is not trustworthy. I like how Tim Keller put, puts it in his book, Reason for God. He says what they mean is that the Bible is not entirely trustworthy because some parts, maybe many parts are scientifically impossible, historically unreliable, and culturally regressive. And those are really three different things. I don't think anything in the Bible is scientifically impossible. It's just scientifically challenging to understand. Mm, right. Um, and I think some of the, like you can get people to say, okay, well, let's just, let's, let's say the flood, for example, let's say we don't know if it was regional or global. Like, I don't, I don't, I, 
I think it was probably global, but I don't think that's the sticking point here. Like that's not a first level issue. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, you know, historically unreliable and that's just false. I mean, uh, kindly, you know, the reliability, if we can't trust the Bible, we can't trust any book that was ever written ancient antiquity and then culturally regressive, like, well, that just gets into relativism. That's, Mm -hmm. that's what is the, the, the centerpiece there. And so, you know, I, I think it's, and then helping them understand like who Jesus is, do you believe the gospel? The gospel is the power of salvation. Then let's start there. You mm-hmm. know, that's what I think. Yeah, one of the things you said about culturally regressive, and that that's really an arrogant statement to say. Well, parts of the Bible are culturally regressive because that's that's in that's starting by saying, well, what I'm experiencing now culturally is is better. Yeah, come on and, and look around, <laughs> look around, people. I mean, that's like that's an arrogant statement because it's centering ourselves in the story rather than looking at the truth of Scripture. And then, you know, going back to the historically unreliable. I mean, goodness, we have more reason to trust the Bible uh, based on uh, antiquity. I, and I ain't trying reason. to be mean, but we've had Donald Trump and Joe Biden as our president the last eight years. You think we are the cultural <laughs> culture that should be determining what, what is right what is and wrong? Best, what is best? And Come what's, on now. Oh, yeah. Come on, y'all. Woo. You know, I think what it comes back to is ultimately... Um, but we got TikTok. We know everything. <laughs> oh my goodness! Sorry. Could you? I'm on the imagine, bro. Can you imagine, like, you know, someone tr- being transported here from like the first century, and then being like, "Really? This is what you're doing with technologies, TikTok we, videos? This is like us parenting, you know? And it's like we're the uh, we know more than there is about parenting and marriage ever. Yeah. Because look at my Instagram reels <laughs> look, and this Disney addict. Look like how what amazing I've curated my feed to look. It's I'm, just, I'm the perfect. And, and, and I know we're like. We're kind of being silly, but it is so silly. Yes, to be like so, I, I like mm. arrogant about our culture, about cultural progression being yeah. the being the litmus test for morality. Mm-hmm. It really is. It's to look back on every human being that's ever lived and say we are so much better and smarter than them. It, it's really a prejudice. It, yeah. it truly is. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, I, 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 but, but all that noise. I just you have to take somebody to the gospel, to Jesus and start from there. And then, you know, you can get into these sidebar conversations, but, but it's got to go to, do you have an answer for where you stand with God? And I do think if, if we believe the Bible to be true, that's mm-hmm. an absolute truth that everyone wrestle with, with yeah. whoever walked the face of the earth. Yes, there is, there's absolute, this, um, we're going to go into our questions. And yeah, this I was gonna say, it's of, absolutely true. We need that, to move yeah, on. Yeah, but when I uh, served with the IMB in, in South Korea, we were working with university students and we would do English classes and then we would do Bible study in English and kind of just really just trying to sow seeds and see who was interested. And there was, uh, we were doing storing through creation. And um, one of the students was Buddhist. And if you, you know, Buddhist basically is, uh, the, the, there's no necessarily a God. Uh, they don't really, they're, uh, don't believe in a God. It's more of a, an answer. Buddhism was born out of trying to answer the question, what is the cause of suffering and how do we eliminate suffering? So um, I was talking to one of the students, we were talking about creation and uh, he was basically explaining to me what Buddhists believe in terms of you know reincarnation and coming back as something better or worse. And so I asked this question, I said, I, I respect that you believe that, but can I ask you a question? If you don't believe in God, who decides? Mm-hmm. what you come back as mm-hmm. and what level you return as. And so he paused for a moment and then he said, well, I don't know, maybe it's God, <laughs> you know? And I said, that's but that's good. an appeal to, there is some standard out there. Yeah. There is some standard and, you know, Romans talks about it, it's written on our hearts. So um, 
Yeah. So if you've got questions about relativism, how even to, you know take the conversation further, maybe with somebody that you're in relationship with who really subscribes to this, the truth is relative. Uh, let us know. We'd be happy to talk you through some of that. The um, truth is out there. It is. So uh, let's. Uh, we got some questions. So first question is this: um, What do you do when someone has essentially cut you off? Uh, yeah, ooh. so they don't want to be friends with you anymore, yeah. or maybe ex-spouse, you know, or family child, member, yeah, yeah family knows? member. Um, yeah, I mean, so obviously, you first need to examine, like, did you do something wrong? Yeah. You know, like, I, I think our default is often mm -hmm. to not think That's we your did problem. something wrong. And so, like, is there something you owe them an apology for and mm -hmm. things you need to make right? Um and maybe you have apologized and they just still cut you off. I think you have to understand, you know, that um, sometimes uh, trust takes some time, you know, mm -hmm. and and when we're like, you need to forgive me and you need to do this. Like if you're a Christian, you know, it's like, you know, we need to be careful there because mm -hmm. um, we'll get to the flip side of this in just a moment. Um, but I would ultimately say you just take what they give you, you know, um, and, you know, if, if they are running and. Um, that's the issue. I would just say, you know, don't ever close the door. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, maybe a text here and there on birthdays and holidays and, um, randomly, but also, you know, I would wait to move forward before they open the door and it's a hard place to be. I mean, you Absolutely. need a lot of prayer. You need support. Mm -hmm. Um, Specifically, if it's your child, your family member, you know, I think you need a lot of support. Yeah, it's hard to give like blanket statements because right. I think a lot of these situations really, they're picking of relativism. There, is, there's a lot of nuance to each situation is, and yeah. what led to what led uh, to the situation. I think what you said initially is is always examine your own heart first. Right. Always examine your yeah. own heart first. Um, and I would say too that you know Jesus tells us to love our enemies, and mm -hmm. basically. Um, you there if 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 it is a situation where you have done you know where scripture says you know so far as it is with you live at peace with all like if you've done everything you know mm -hmm. you can do and they're still like angry like you don't have to let their anger be your anger uh you know like you, you can just you can truly yeah. love them mm -hmm. and and respect them and mm -hmm. trust that you know like leave it leave it to the lord to work in their hearts mm -hmm. um and and it's a very hard place to be um how do you set boundaries in this i think that's a that's a great question you probably need some wise counsel uh you know speaking to mm -hmm. the situation mm -hmm. um i would say a, a great book uh, is is the book called boundaries which kind of walks mm -hmm. through some situational things and relationships and uh really helps you kind of understand like what what we what we bring to the table what mm -hmm. we own what we need to own as far as our actions and what we don't need to own as far as other people other people's reactions um so it's, you know, other blanket, other, other like universal truths in this. I think you have to walk very humbly uh, yeah. and, um, and just trust that God can work it out and you don't have to force it. Um, and yeah, yeah that's a big word. I mean, humble and patience, you know, like. Uh, you, you have to avoid like, this is my right. You know, I deserve, yeah. you know, um, that's just, mm -hmm. that's not what Christ modeled for us, you know? Um, and I, you know, he's slow in, in wooing our hearts mm -hmm. to him. And so I, I think that we have to be careful to think like, I deserve this, you know, mm -hmm. 
that would just be my biggest yeah and there that chances are if somebody's cut you off like there's there's probably i mean there's always in all of us a lot of of things to work through there's probably some hurt they're trying to protect and sometimes cutting people off is a defense mechanism uh i've i think i've learned that i don't have to be right all the time even if i'm right i don't have Mm -hmm. to win um and you can just let things go because my identity is not in this, you know, mm-hmm. my identity is in Christ. So um, you have, p- part of the hardest part about this is feeling like you're just going to have to learn to live with being misunderstood and being at peace with that. You can't change how, you can't change that. Mm-hmm. You can't change how someone receives something, even if you explain it well, like there's just, yeah, the goodness, there's so mm-hmm. much that you could talk through in this. Yeah, that's good. Well, what about the other way when, you know, you are the person that needs to set boundaries with someone? And I I would just say first, so recognizing that, realize, you know, that somebody may be having to do that with you. And so, um, you know, you need to give them space as they process. Again, even if it's not that mostly your fault, like you said, but yeah, you setting boundaries with someone. Um, I, I, again, I think that's very nuanced. Mm -hmm. I think if you're in a vulnerable position, if there's been a true traumatic abuse, like, Mm. um, I think you probably need a couple people who are helping you with the setting of those boundaries mm-hmm. and the enforcement even possibly of those boundaries. And mm-hmm. sometimes obviously the authorities need to get involved if there's the life threatening issues. Um, but certainly other people, uh, you know, I, you know, please, we, none of us need to be like, I'm strong. I got this on my own. Mm-hmm. Like that's just not what Christ centered community is. And so mm-hmm. you need to lean into family members, spouse, you know, friends to kind of help you with that. Um, and, and if they're not respecting those boundaries, I do think that's bad news and you might want to put more boundaries up. Right. You have, you may have to set the boundary further back. Uh, you know, I think, you know, we've walked yeah. through this and it's like, you just have, sometimes you have to do that. And I think something to, to say about setting boundaries with someone is that it, it, at times you will, it feels like you're being unloving because you want this mm-hmm. relationship. But if someone's not respecting mm-hmm. uh, a boundary you've set, you do have to just, you do have to set a little further back and it feels unloving, uh, but it's, it can be what's necessary because the goal is the goal is restoration in a relationship. However, that may not be possible. Mm-hmm. And there are certainly situations where it's not even necessarily wise. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, mm-hmm. it, that, that relationship may not be restored until right. eternity. And, right. and, you know, again, this is why it Forgive. goes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't Forgive. mean hold bitterness in your heart. But I think this comes back to, if you're walking through a situation like this, you you need some wise counsel. You mm-hmm. need people who are clued in, who are praying with you, who are counseling you and you may need you may need counseling you may need to see a professional counselor to help you navigate who's objective and can get outside the situation and think through this uh in an objective way to help you mm-hmm. um you know i think uh, because sometimes it takes someone else to see what's really going on as you share i've, I've mm-hmm. you know i, I could share many stories where that's happened and it's been so helpful for the person because they've gotten you know a wise you know, even professional counseling from a believer uh who just helped them see things uh so i would say don't walk this road alone. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would just give you a word of advice or warning is, is if someone, if you put up boundaries and someone doesn't respect those boundaries, like if you say, Hey, let's not talk for a couple of weeks. Or if you say, Hey, you know, I, I just need give it a month, you know, before we communicate or anything like that, or really we don't need to be alone, whatever it might be. 
and they don't respect those boundaries. Now, maybe one time they don't think you're serious, but if you like restate that and they don't respect that, there's either a sin problem or a psychological problem. Mm. 9,999 times out of 10,000. Like, yeah. seriously. Mm-hmm. So, um, because that's just, there's something wrong there. Yeah. And so that needs to be like, hey, I need to be on guard and people need to know and I need to put up even further boundaries here. Absolutely. So if you've got more questions or just need, Counsel, we're happy About to that, talk yeah. to you or refer you to someone or, or get yep. someone help uh, create, you know, Absolutely. some, uh, some, some uh, help, I guess not create help, yeah. but you know what I'm trying to say. Anyway, uh, moving on question. Next question is this, this is a result of, uh, this came from a sermon a few weeks ago on suffering and Christ suffering force. How do I know if my suffering is the result of sin? And if it's not, how do I release the burden to Christ? Mm-hmm. Ooh, that's mm-hmm. a good question. I think part of this stems from there are people who've been taught and people who believe that all suffering is the result right. of their own sin, that if they're suffering, mm-hmm. it's because there's something wrong in their life. Um, and that's uh, not always the case. Sometimes suffering is the result of our sin, bad choices, whatever. Sometimes it's just the result of living in yeah. a sinful world. Yeah. So that's a very important thing right. to understand because I think we first say that, like, how could someone believe it? Well, people are taught that. I've, I've heard people say that. Mm-hmm. I've heard a woman uh, in, a, in the church I grew up in, in prayer meeting, basically say the reason this person had this sickness is because there was sin in their life. And it's like, well, sometimes yeah. you just catch the flu. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, think, I think that you first, yeah, if something bad is happening, you always want to look at, you know, hey, myself like that that's actually humility to take a close look at yourself whenever something bad is happening um and and it is again it's good to talk through if you think if you're confused did i do something here uh it's good to have people you talk through those situations that's i part of the reason i ask people for a win and a struggle often is that you know kind of want to hear them processing those things and then 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 i would also say like second level sometimes like a situation going bad is partly your fault and not all your fault. Mm -hmm. Or there are things you could do better. Like you're not the reason this person that you're sick, but how you responded to being sick, you know, you're not the reason you got to pay, lost your job. Like it was downsizing, but like how you responded, how you could position yourself better. I think, I think there's always uh, good from looking and examining ourselves. But I do think we have to realize that there are things like sickness. Um, there are things like, uh, you know, people, God places our life that are difficult, like that maybe we even are having challenges because we've chosen to step into the mess, you know, of our life. And it's not our fault. And God's not mad at, and he's with us. And I, I would say, I, and maybe this is wrong, but I don't, he's with us, especially in our suffering. Yeah. Doesn't mean he's less with us when we're not suffering, but he's with us, especially in our suffering. It's mm-hmm. a special kind of with us. The scripture shows us that. And so I, and I think we just need to be okay with, and we need to realize like this, this, this is, I think a big part of this is being an American, like culturally, historically, so many Christians have followed Jesus and never got more successful and get more money, maybe have died young, you know, died for their faith. Yeah. Yeah. So like this idea that God blesses us if we're pursuing him, you know, prayer of Jabez twisting Mm -hmm. is American. Mm -hmm. It's Western. Um, So God, I, I may be blessed, but it's not a direct result of what I've done. And so what do I do with that blessing either way? Mm. 
Yeah, as you're saying that, I was thinking, you know, the the greatest the, the greatest reward of of our faith is knowing Christ. Right. And our quote unquote blessings are often what prevent us from knowing Him. You yeah. know, sharing in the fellowship with Him and the scripture talks, talks about sharing in the yeah. fellowship of His sufferings. And I think I was just thinking as you were saying that, what if actually like our blessings are, uh, you know, the suffering because right, they're keeping yeah. us from more intimacy right. with Him. And I think, yeah. and we just have to say like, hey, nothing compares to knowing mm -hmm. him. So, you know, it, it's kind of frustrating on missions when you hear people go overseas and like, they always come back with, they just had so little and they were so happy. And, and the reason it's frustrating is because that is just a very immature statement, but I would just say a lot of us are very immature mm -hmm. because our life is so trial free. Yeah. And I think if they, you know, people were talking about visited yeah. here, they would be like, they have so much, but they're so unhappy. Yeah. You know, right. <laughs> it's yeah, like, yeah. it's like, that, that yes. So yeah. anyway, so if you got more questions, anything else to add on that? Mm, I mean, yes, but yeah, yeah. I <laughs> Always. Think we've done again. All follow right. up. Okay, so game hey, time. we're gonna uh, game time. So here's what we're gonna do. Uh, just uh, we're gonna build going off on. of a uh, little la little last week. Uh, so here's what we're gonna do. This game is called the pitch, and I'm gonna give you a random object. And oh, you are going to pitch it to me like you are uh, marketing. You have, you know, because, you know, there's always the Christian version of something. Yeah. You're so really you testing to, my quick wit. Yeah. Here. And so I'm doing this because I am incredibly confident in your quick wit. Because uh, if you don't know uh, this about James, he is very quick witted. So some, sometimes so quick witted. I'm like, what did you? Wait, <laughs> what? Uh, explain that one to me. So here we go. So I'm going to give you a product and you just got to twist it somehow to make it a Christian version and sell it to me. All right. I'm going to start off. This easy. may be an utter disappointment. This, it, it, this may be a terrible game. And if so, I will take the full blame Thank for you. how Thank bad you. this is. For goes. making your pastor look bad. That's right. So the I will take the appreciation month right. is over. So, uh, so you don't appreciate me anymore. Back to the drawing board. So yeah. I mean, we're going to start off with some easier ones. So, all right. Light bulbs. Light bulb. So I've like got to say like you can make like, a you can make a product name or you can just like a catchphrase for oh, the product yeah. sell yeah. it to me. I would just say like light of the world and this is the light that has more light than uh, any other thing going on the like any other light because it's the Christian light. Uh, but then it actually wouldn't be any better like because. <laughs> It's a light bulb. <laughs> it's just a light bulb. But a bunch of Christians would buy it because they feel obligated to do that, you know? And like, yeah. Um, you just slap that verse on And then what's that verse? What's that song? It's like, Light of the World. Uh, here I am to worship. To, here I am to worship is like going to be in the theme song in the back. Like, <laughs> That's right. I'm, dude, I'm and sold. so many, so many boomers are going to buy that thing. I just ordered three cases. They are yeah. on the front shelf at Hobby Lobby. Thank you. Christian light bulbs. Yes. All right. All right. So, some no, light, light of the worlds. Oh, that light. Yeah. There you go. Light of the worlds. Yeah, you got it All wrong. right. Lights of the world, you have to plural. No light, down. light. It's they sell it at one pack for the same <laughs> for the same price. A three or six pack would be for regular light bulbs, but they're Christian, so we got to make more. And there's only one because it. there's only one saving. Yes, right. So and that's yeah. all in the marketing. All right, so uh, coffee. But all you right. should see what happens when it reflects off of a mirror, <laughs> just like when we reflect the light of <laughs> oh, Jesus. Dude, see, you're on a roll now. <laughs> Took me a minute. Great. I'm warming up. <laughs> that's right. All right, so some Christian coffee. All right, sell me some Christian coffee. Some Christian coffee. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> too many, too many people are already doing that, right? Like, this is ethically grown. <laughs> like, yeah. what are you, what are you talking about? Anyway, Hebrews, yeah, Hebrews, <laughs> yeah, uh, holy grounds. Um, 
not Starbucks. <laughs> that's the that's the like conservative Christian Starbucks. If you were marketing you know. to like the Instagram popular, but because really all you need is Jesus hand coffee. <laughs> Jesus pumpkin spice and everything <laughs> yeah, nice. There you go. Yeah. Eric's coming. All right. So um that one's right. hard. There you go. So uh Christian uh Christian Swiss Army knife. <laughs> A Christian Swiss Army knife. Well, the Swiss Army knife already has the cross on it, so um hmm. How would I do this? How would I market a Christian or how would I market a Swiss army knife to Christians? Rapture ready tool. Oh, yes. 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 There we go. Just in Dude. case, just in case Tim LaHaye was wrong, uh, you're ready. Don't be left behind. Yes, don't be. And if then, you are left behind. Uh, please tell me there's some fire on the package. Oh, there's got to be. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and. Yes. It has Kurt Cameron's phone number in there somewhere. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I knew you wouldn't disappoint Okay, this thanks, game. man. All right. So- um, <laughs> I spit when I said that. I was so excited. <laughs> All right. Some Christian potato chips. <laughs> Christian potato chips. Oh, man. That's tough. Crunchier than your uh, elementary school Sunday school teacher. Yeah. Uh, no hmm. offense. I, I'm, I pass. Okay, right, I pass. pass. All right. So um, NCAA football, you got to market football to Christians. I got to market football like in general? Yeah, NCAA. Oh, dude, I don't even have to market this. Look at Liberty putting the smack down on BYU. I'm a Liberty grad. <laughs> the the monotheist be the polytheist 41 to 14. <laughs> Look at that. We're coming for the Catholics God next. is on our side. Protestants, that's Liberty right. Liberty versus Notre that's Dame. That's right. It's if God happen. is, that's right. If God is for us, who can be against <laughs> yes. us? That's well, our team motto. I can do all things. That's the right. The reverse taken out of context. That's right. I okay. thought about wearing that shirt to the football playoffs, just, you know, as coach, but I'm like, nah, that rough <laughs> too, too, too many feathers. All right. Um, all right. So, all right. Last one. Okay. Setting you up. I hope you're going to say this. All right. Christian poker chips. Christian poker chips. Oh my goodness. Um, unfortunately, Jesus didn't gamble, so I don't gamble. <laughs> so I can't, I can't market those. I was really gonna hope you were say the the true way to show you're all in. Oh, <laughs> nice. Nice. Oh. You you've got to know when to hold them. <laughs> that's and right. And when to fold them. You gotta have boundaries. That's yeah, right. that's right. All right. Well, the uh, potato chips is bothering me because I'm gonna, like next week you're gonna come back with a really good answer for potato I, chips. I just think that you gotta just put a Bible verse on there and you know, have uh Matthew West or Jeremy Camp's photo and like <laughs> so many buy. 40 and 50 year old Christian women will Served buy that. exclusively on the Gaither Cruise line. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh man. Roasted so, in a red state. Uh, extra salty. Yeah. Extra salty. Oh, wow. Wow. Okay. <laughs> we probably, yeah. Anyway, so uh, I see you did not disappoint on uh, any of this, especially once you got rolling, man. Uh, see, that's what it takes. Yeah. That's what it takes. So, yeah. hey, hey, thanks for joining us. Uh, next time, there'll be a better game, and we're going to have some <laughs> questions <laughs> that you've sent us. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening to Boggy Talk. We are so glad you joined in the conversation. Go ahead and subscribe so you don't miss a beat.